your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now then at 8.18, take a look at Smart Sheriff on a local portal site. Just search it and you'll find a fair share of searches from young people looking to remove the app from their mobile phones, asking things like, how do I get rid of Smart Sheriff from my phone? Um, well, earlier in the show, we heard about the fundamental flaws in this app that's supposed to make parents feel more secure about their kids' mobile phone use. Instead, the government's order that all under-19s have the app installed could be closer to the opposite because of major security security issues raised by white hat hacker groups. It's not just about uh, the questions of whether parents should be having access to the search uh, findings of their children, whether certain websites should be blocked, but whether we should be monitoring our children at all, whether they are actually at technical risk as well. Let's bring in Professor Park Young Shin from Korea University Law School. Good morning to you. Good morning. Can you give us a bit of background into why the government made it mandatory as of April in the first place for young people to have these apps on their phones? Uh, the uh, idea is that uh, it is uh, illegal for a vendor to make available obscene material uh, or adult material to uh, minors. Mm. Uh, so there is such a law already. Now, the government felt that that's not enough. Uh, they want a. Uh, they wanted to double the protection by um, making the uh, smartphones owned and used by minors uh, unable to access uh, those contents. Uh, so uh, the government passed a law uh, that uh, all uh, phones or smartphones sold to uh, minors are equipped with. Uh, uh, the uh, the apps that fit allowed obscene content or uh, adult content. Mm. And, for example, search results, I understand, related to suicide uh, are intended to alert parents, but primarily, as you suggested, this is a, a protective app. So, so what are its main functions, then, can we say? Well, what's required is uh, simple, filter out obscene content or... Uh, uh, or what we call uh, harmful to minors content. Um, but uh, because it became a legal requirement, uh, it uh, came with a uh, monitoring function or self-monitoring function, uh, which means that the device uh, keeps checking whether that filtering function is operative or not, uh, and then uh, let the parents know whether that filtering function uh, is on. Uh, so on the top of filtering function, um, the, uh, uh, the, the ordinance, uh, the, uh, the um, enforcement, enforcement ordinance of the law required monitoring function. Um, and uh, instead of uh, uh, now, now the the apps that are available to meet the requirement of uh, the enforcement ordinance had more than 
simple monitoring function. Uh, it had uh, uh, a control function. For instance, parents could uh, turn down uh, certain apps on their uh, minors' phones, uh, on, on their children's phones. Uh, parents could um, uh, check uh, the time of uh, using uh, certain apps. Uh, also, the parents could get notifications uh, whenever uh, text messages mentioning certain words like uh, alcohol uh, are sent or received mm. uh, in, uh, received through uh, their children's uh, phones. Yeah, I mean, we understand that young people are trying to get around this. Um, I mean, one way they could do that is just to develop different ways of describing things, you know, to, to, to use code words and that sort of thing. But but uh, they've also been trying to delete the application. Uh, and I understand uh, that their phones will not work without the application installed. Uh, well, uh, well, their phone, they can root the phone um, and... You know, they can jailbreak the phone, and they can make the phone work uh, without the uh, app. Um, now, that is uh, really uh, dangerous because um, that lowers the uh, security yeah. of the phone. It makes uh, their phones more vulnerable to hacking or other forms of uh, okay. cyber attack. Um so we we are very concerned about that as well. So with ordinary functioning of the phone, it, it's not possible. But if you, as you say, uh, take on board some of these uh, pieces of advice from online, there are ways around it. But that would bring about the same kind of security concerns that the app itself, to be fair, is bringing about, as we heard in the last half hour. Uh, right. But, but, but the obligation to install these monitoring apps, is it's related to the telecommunication business law, uh, but it doesn't allow parents even to opt out, uh, I understand. That's, that's another thing. That's, uh, uh, there's one other country that has a similar law uh, that uh, mandates uh, installation of this uh, type of uh, filtering apps uh, on minors' phones. That is Japan. But in Japan, the law allows parents to opt out the law gives uh, the parents to decide uh, whether to uh, uh, whether to have these monitoring and controlling functions on their minor phones. Uh, the Korean law doesn't. Is this constitutional? I think it is. Uh, um, I think it uh, interferes with uh, parents. Uh, right to educate the children the way one because uh, uh, if minors' phones come with uh, this uh, monitoring and controlling function, the parents will uh, will have this uh, moral temptation uh, to keep looking into minors' uh, monitoring or controlling. Uh, uh, the, the, their children's phones. Mm. It's like a, it's like a law that mandates uh, uh, installing. Uh, it's like a law that mandates uh, installing a CCTV on their mm. children's rooms. Yes. And uh, if parents live in a house uh, that has that equipment, parents will be so tempted uh, 
to just take the easy route, take the easy route of uh, using the equipment instead of uh, taking the hard route of uh, educating and talking with uh, their minors. And also, uh, it is unconstitutional for uh, uh, for minors who have to be under constant surveillance by their parents, who uh, sometimes are not best protectors of the minors. Are you concerned that this is um, sort of state paternalism as well? Yes, uh, I believe uh, this is a one example of uh, paternalizing parents or more like a parenting parents. Um, there are, uh, I mean, when it comes to uh, blocking children, well, when it comes to access to harmful content, it's really difficult to define what is harmful to minors mm. uh, uh, across the board. What is harmful to minors will be determined by uh, parents' uh, pedagogic philosophy, uh, parents' uh, worldviews, um, and also the growth level of uh, uh, minors. Uh, that's why in all other countries, what is harmful to minors is uh, usually uh, decided, uh, decided by parents, not by the state. Professor Park, we, we've got to leave it there, but thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us, raising some very important ethical questions as well. Thank you. Professor Park Yangshin from Korea University Law School, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that uh, parents do need some sort of guideline on this? Um, can we agree on some basic moral standards, for example, blocking pornography or going even further to doing so with that? You can email us your thoughts, efmthismorning at gmail.com. We're going to hear from a teenager who's experienced this firsthand next.